Hello adventurers and welcome to the Mike Flares podcast, coming to you from that dusty notepad where I keep all the characters I'll never get to play. <sighs> I'm your host Connor O'Brien and joining me as always is my co-host Mr. Mark O'Dwyer. How's the crack Connor? Yeah, the, uh, the eternal bugbear of the D&D player. Oh my god, I have uh, such a cool idea for a D&D character, but I'm already playing a D&D character. Ah, <laughs> uh, rip, rip the forever DM. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the, all, it. All of our ideas just fall by the wayside, or become uh, become NPCs that our players never want to interact with, <laughs> or they become villains that get brutally murdered in the worst ways possible. Yeah, true. Actually, that's that's yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's How are you today, buddy? I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm excited. I uh, finished uh, Exandria Unlimited. Uh, just uh, f- mm. finished that yesterday. Um, that was super fun and awesome and different but the same in in like the best way in that like it still very yeah. felt, very much felt like critical role but like such a different like i feel like abria has a bit more of a yeah screw it let's let's just go for this madness kind of yeah attitude. she's she's yeah. very she's very kind of like let's just let's just roll like, with whatever kind of comes and i like that it's very very loose but in, in a way that like i think feeds the story quite well yeah not that matt um, doesn't as well but like it's just a different spin on it and i really i'm really yeah. enjoying it and like she's just a as well just like the different flavors of the way she narrates stuff is like it's like particularly like because i've just i watched like the entire campaign one and like i've now finished i'm 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 working my way through the last episode of campaign two um and like i've rewatched a bunch of one shot like the amount of time that i've spent listening to matt mercer is like yeah is just crazy and just to have uh, like not that that's a bad thing but like just to have like a different dm come in now and it's the same world and it's it's it is it's even in it back in a man like and there's lots of these hints to like the first campaign and stuff um yeah. already and i'm just like oh this is just this is so new and different and i love it so much and like i think it's a perfect thing for like the break between campaign two and what i assume will be their campaign three yeah definitely yeah i, I think in the they had their watcher collie um their yeah. state of the role and matt mentioned that he's getting started on it so my theory that liam o'brien will be taking over for campaign three <laughs> is probably not true but i'm excited nonetheless because you know obviously it's really exciting when you get to see who it's the same as when you play with a new with a new group or with the same group but it's a new campaign yeah everyone's like "Ooh, what is everybody playing what are you playing what are you playing well that's a really cool combo you know yeah um, i'm really excited i haven't finished that episode just yet i'm like maybe like 80 percent of the way through it really enjoying it it starts off in Amon, which I'm like, that's cool. I really like seeing how oh, things are um, getting along. Spiders for exan- some slight spiders for Exandria Limited, possible. Oh. No, that's fair. Yeah, I don't think I've getting too much away. Um, I am, yeah, we'll I'm trying hoping... to avoid the, the important stuff just to talk about like what we enjoyed about it, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm I'm excited that they're going back to Tal'Dorei. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if there's been any big repercussions or actions that have taken place because of the choices um uh, Vox Machina made and stuff yeah. like that uh, part of me really wants to see because I have the I have it here of the Taldori campaign guide and if you read through that like they they only kind of visit a lot of the center part mm-hmm. of uh of Taldori there's a lot of stuff up north like way north of Craghammer and stuff like that and in the south like way south of Syngorn there's some really cool stuff that Matt came up with um, and I think I'd like to see them explore one of those areas like there's a place up north that i think is like it's called it's called Lyrgorn. it's another elven place or something like that and it's a mountain a single mountain kind of erebor style but it's all elves that live there and they're kind of like isolationists and stuff like that and they have these i'm trying to remember it's been a while since i read it um they have these festivals i think where they fly 
lights around the mountain and stuff like that. That's, so the whole mountain cool. just looks like a big light show. And then in the south, there's like a hobgoblin empire made up of four city-states. And there is a fallen, like they, what do you call it, the avatar or the body of a fallen uh, oh. uh, god from the time of the the thing god. that the thing that Vecna re- resurrected. No, no, that that, that was that was like an earth, that was, yeah, but that, it was the same kind of thing, though, wasn't it? It was the, like the body of an Earth Titan or something like that. Well, the, the, this one was the the body that um, one of the evil gods took physical form oh, in. Oh, okay. Uh, he, and he was killed during the the uh, war. I forget what they call the war um, between the gods and the good gods and the bad gods. The, is it was it the calamity? The calamity, yes. So when that took Jeez, place, that was an evil right god at was... the back there. <laughs> Uh, he was he was slain here, but his body was made almost entirely of metal. Ooh. So there's this enormous metal titan that like lays dormant across the land, and all the hobgoblins like employ slaves to basically slowly chip away at chunks of iron that they can bring back to their smelters and keep their either steel and iron industry running that they harvest from this dead metal god. It's really really cool. Um, I'd love to see to just just if they branch out to somewhere else in because the, there's a lot of really interesting places in the continent. That uh, that was both metal physically and metaphorically. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, other than that, uh, like I said, that's pretty exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to getting into that. Um, other than that, not a whole lot else on myself. Um, I doing some gardening work, doing some very nice. Not, not else. Uh, yeah. Tried to tried to do some world building. I'm having a real a real world building. Um, uh, block at the moment. I just, oh, I, Connor, I, I feel like perhaps you should listen to uh, this podcast I know called Mike Flares that have a, a whole two episodes on world building already. Do they? Um, I don't know. Mm. I don't. I, I have enough podcasts. I don't uh, worry. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I. It's just I have. I need to get like. I have too much. The problem is I have too much, and I'll start writing or coming up with some ideas for this town, and then I'll suddenly hit a point where I'm like. And then this town was like founded by members of this town. I should probably go and talk about the members of that town, actually, because and do you know what? I can't really because I need to actually write up the racial thing for this particular culture. Because if I don't, then it makes no sense as to how this town was founded. And I keep finding a way to slip off to something else that, and I can't stay focused on one thing. I'm writing out a, a development doc yeah. for it, and I'm going to start writing. I'm going to take it one at a time and work down the list. Do you know the way? Um someone when they go to like alcoholics anonymous they have a sponsor like, and someone if like if they like you know if they're feeling low and they're, they feel like they're gonna hit the bottle again a relapse uh, they, they can call them for support you need someone like that for world building yeah uh, no, no. just call it i'm onto the third elders council now and you, stop <laughs> i just i need i need something i need someone who will stand here over my shoulder and every single time that i go and then the giants did this with the dragons. You know what the dragons were kind of interested, and then they slap me in the back of the head, and I just go, "Sorry, no giants. We're on giants." Yeah, we're what you giants need is like an eight-year-old nun with a meter stick to stand well, on. Yeah, <laughs> who's, whipping, who's whipping me with a straight side? Yeah. yeah, just every uh, every time you you just like right, just the minute I go too deep on lore, that's when you can do you can get me. And yeah. just the second like, and the great war aeons ago between the primordial forces of the ah. <laughs> I, I just recently renamed my the eras of my creation myth. Um, Dude. Yeah, I didn't need to. Honestly, that's the problem. I, I'm really big picture, and at this, and then like I'm thinking like I wonder what this culture was like four thousand years ago, and I wonder how this thing came about, and then like I'm going into the campaign week to week, and I'm like, 
Here, okay, guys, I only have half the map drawn for this particular town, but I know what it looks like in my head, so we're fine. Um, yeah, I need to just... I need, I need more focus. That's my whole... I need focus. Um, speaking of focus, Martin, we should probably mm -hmm. get back on track. Um, <coughs> because segue. today... Thank you very much. Um, I'm really bad at world building, but I'm good at, <laughs> I'm good at segues. Um, uh, we are talking today about character creation, specifically Jeez. PC character creation. That's not politically correct character creation, although that's part of it. Uh, I'm talking about player character character creation. Cool, cool, cool. It's what, literally one of my favorite things to do just when I'm bored, is just to like roll random characters. So I'm, I'm super down yep. for this. I have, I have a literal page of character concepts written. Yeah, D&D &D is, well, D&D uh, Beyond is really, really great for this. Uh, we, we used to have a, an app um, that wasn't D&D Beyond that was yeah. really, really good because we used it for like most of our, actually no, our entire last campaign. Yeah, in the whole, whole um, first campaign. Yeah. Um, really, really great app. Well, we used to use that, and I would often find myself just going, I wonder what this combination would look like, and then I would just stack it up on my phone and be like, oh, that's really cool. And D&D Beyond has not, um, has not helped with uh, stemming that habit uh, where I'm bored in work, and I'm just like, I wonder what a goblin artificer that maybe has the background of haunted one would be like. And I'm just like, here's a random combination. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh... Oh my god! That, sorry, I just I just had the best like visual for you know, the haunted the haunted one goblin artificer. I just immediately thought of like, do you know Scooby Doo with the haunted suits of armor? Yeah, one of those, but it's actually a goblin inside it driving it with levers. He's in the chest. Yeah, so like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where do you get your? Where do you kind of start with characters? Where do where do you get your inspiration from? Or, or, or do you just pluck them out of your own head? Um, or is are there particular characters you've drawn from in order to create the various characters you play in D and D? Okay, so that could be a little. It's, it's not the same thing every time. Like that, I kind of want to make that goblin artificer now. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> drives around a robot night and spends his entire time just scaring people out of old houses. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah, sometimes it's just something like that that'll just randomly catch my attention. Um. A lot of the times it'll come from like um if I see like a really cool power set in like an anime or, or a manga or like a comic I'm reading, um, I, I, I'll, I'll pull from that. Like uh, a lot of, like a, an awful lot of time it is just like the media I consume. Yeah. Um, But as well then there's stuff like, there's really like, I've always said it, like, like mythology is savage for pulling at least a basis or an inspiration, like a seed for your character to grow around. Like I did that with Logan, yeah. Logan Cucullin. Um, but like I mean like mythology kind of was the original superhero oh, comics yeah, when yeah, you yeah. think about it like you know Mark, like, yeah. no that's a, it's a, it's a, I can't remember who said it but like it's a really well known phrase that like um uh, like superheroes are the greek gods of the modern day yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. and i think like in some cases they are literally. the literal god yeah they, like you have, you have thor who is a norse god just Her brought into the modern world and then you have like hercules is the character in marvel comics him and thor there you are go, yeah. buddies <laughs> And then you have like DC in DC Comics, you have um, you have uh, Wonder Woman, but then yeah. she, her, she has a whole pantheon of gods behind her who made her sword and her shield. And oh stuff yeah, like that. and like so she, her her main villain is Ares. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're they're very they're, in in the comics they're very literal, but yeah, it's because think, uh, um, you can't copyright uh, those. Yeah, oh yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> they were dur during the uh, the I, I think definitely a very a very underrated race in the 
and I mean that in the in the sense of like the space race, the arms race, stuff mm. like that. Uh, throughout the 20th century, one of the very underrated races was the comic book race <laughs> yeah. between Marvel and DC Oof. because they just kept one upping each other. And like, because like there are Dude, there are Marvel characters in a bad oh yeah, a character sorry yeah characters yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah char- I mean like character wise because I mean like if you look at the characters they've come up with someone would be like like literally i come up with this character here and then they're like oh that's really cool we have this other like you look at i'm, I'm trying to remember there's a few it's, examples of it, them both stealing blatantly from one another i can like i i can give you i can tell you the ones I, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with it uh so on, yeah uh, it's two of the most famous ones um there is hawkeye who i believe first appeared in um marvel comics as a villain and then became a hero uh, and I think Green Arrow came out after. I might be. I'm. I, I'm. I'm very much open to correction on that one. I think. I but think that one. I could be wrong. Other way around. Sorry. Yeah. Green, Green Arrow, Arrow was basically just Robin Hood in the yeah, modern sorry, day. Sorry. That, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Green Arrow first, then um, Hawkeye, uh, and then there was as well another really infamous one is uh, DC created Deathstroke, uh, Slade Wilson. Yes. Yeah. And then Marvel Comics created Deadpool, aka yeah. Wade Wilson. <laughs> Yeah, uh, which, yeah. Which, which I mean that that one's very obvious par- uh, parody. But that's, I think. no, he was. I think he was like deliberately inspired. Like that's it was. It's it, that's. A, I think that was like a nod to uh, to Deathstroke because it was obviously yeah, an inspiration. Yeah. Um, there's other ones as well. Like um, the big one is that uh, is Shazam, who is now Shazam because he used to be Captain Marvel. I think he was. He the, used to be Captain Marvel. Yeah. And they they were in an entirely different comic line of comic books and comic book universe that DC basically bought and incorporated into their own. And as we get, they do they do that though. I mean, like, they, the they didn't originally, they didn't originally own Static Shock either. Yeah, that's the. Uh, that's and, this, and, and I think they, that's the same universe as Shazam is. Is they bought? I think it's called like Quest. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's called like Quest Comics or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I, wa- I watch a lot of comic book podcasts. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's um, how you're the right person to ask. But I mean, like this. So yeah, I mean, like comic books. I think like you put it kind of uh, you wrapped it up very neatly. Um, the media we consume regardless of what that is i think can be a, a massive inspiration regardless of whether it's you're watching uh like you said um anime where uh you're watching someone like naruto or m- one of my personal favorites like uh shikamaru and his shadow yeah. powers and you're like oh playing a shadow monk would be amazing there's, there's <laughs> a dude in my hero academia i think you'd really like i think he's called yoko gami maybe but his power is basically like he's an evil twin shadow and it's like a bird creature that looks like that comes out of him and he can and like it, it attacks for him and stuff like it's really cool like even just for inspiration for D characters i would say give a look at like the power sets of the characters in my hero academia because they're so creative yeah because that's a world right where everyone is a superhero nearly like 99 percent of the world has a thing called a quirk which is like a supernatural ability and they range from like there's a there's a girl whose earlobes are really long and she can like jack them in like ear like headphones into audio devices um i might be misremembering her power set entirely but that is one of her powers to people like there's a guy called todoroki whose quirk is half hot half cold because his dad had a fire quirk and his mom had an ice quirk so he has both now there was uh and like it's just really like there's some really more creative ones than that like there's there's a there's a there's a guy who has like tape powers who's basically spider-man uh there was um and it's just really you, that kind of stuff is really fun to just be like oh that would be a fun dd card did you ever you just reminded me there when you talked about the guy who had a, a fire and ice parent and, and yeah. then he kind of ended up with a similar or a combination of the two did you ever watch a movie called sky high oh i think years ago but it's it's the like superhero high school one isn't it yeah yeah it's honestly it's 
when you watch it back now, you're like, Jesus Christ, this is dreadful. But as a kid, I loved it. That was absolutely brilliant. There's a guy in it, and wait for it. His mom is his dad's a villain. His mom's a hero. Okay. And his and his name is Warren Peace. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the My Flares podcast. And um, we're going to end that there today because I just took some psychic damage from that name. Uh yeah, Warren Peace. Um, and he he like yeah. So he's like the he's basically the Sasuke of their group. Um, he's always moody, but he is a good guy deep down, and blah blah blah. It's um. Yeah, I yeah, that just reminded me so, when you said the person who's yeah. who, the combination of parents. So when you're so that's a lesson for all of you listening. Um, when you're naming your characters, if you're gonna give your character like a pun name, maybe don't do it in English. Maybe like switch it to different languages. Um, if you want your character's oh, yeah. name to mean something, don't do it in English. Um, otherwise you might end up with something like what uh the famous wrestler Triple H's very first um wrestling name, which was Terra Rising. Oh God. Yeah. So uh, uh, I. That's actually a good a good tip is uh yeah I, I often I often name people I have done before I had a an air nasty monk once and I, I played him as an elemental monk uh mainly focusing on air powers naturally um but I called him Kaz which is short for Kaze which means wind, wind in Japanese um so yeah I mean like yeah definitely that's good that's good inspiration to pull from uh with other characters and other other things yeah. in movies we're talking about comic books and and uh and manga and anime uh movies are really really great you know i mean tony stark is basically yeah. the quintessential artificer he's, he's such an artificer uh, do you want to do, do the i think we did it last week but should we should we do the mcu avengers as of endgame as oh that, that, that could be could be here a while as of endgame <laughs> <laughs> uh will we do the original six as uh as as, as, as classes what, what what would they be there's some there's some really easy ones. Okay, Tony Stark is obviously the artificer. He's the armorer artificer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or the um, is the war wizard also gets the magical suit of armor? No, I think no. Oh, and the yeah, the sorry. artificer armorer started off as a in the UA as that's a it. as a wizard subclass. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, so yeah, definitely Tony. Cap would be a, f- I mean, a paladin or fighter. I yeah, I could see like it, it like. Probably maybe like a multi-class like battle master fighter oath of the crown paladin yeah i mean i feel like he could fall either way i i the, the, he doesn't really have like a lot of powers so maybe not paladin but he does have a very he's very solid on what he believes and having an oath almost so i, I could see people you go oh, um knight knight fighter because they're they they all their abilities yeah. are, are based around working with people and like they can do stuff like um when you second wind as a knight um, I think allied you creatures within other people. Yeah, yeah, allied creatures within thirty feet if you get healed by what your second wind does as well, and you can you do can stuff also like inspire the... thing people and stuff, and and I think you can mark people as well, which is all very. You can, you can do uh you can do the the unarmed fighting style as well, so you can wield the shield, and and then if you... and have a, and if you... also have like punching and kicking attacks that do I believe a d six if you're wielding a shield, but a d eight if you don't have a shield. Yeah, and you could do the um. This you could if you get another fighting style then when you, yeah if you were to like multi class you could take um thrown weapon fighting, um for the shield yeah, and uh, yeah absolutely so that's so what we have cap we have Tony, uh, Tony Thor is a storm herald. <laughs> I mean I, I feel like storm herald was built to be Thor and then they were like maybe we'll add a fire and a cold one as well yeah. why not I think but I feel like that was very much. Yeah. Um, inspired by Thor, yeah. So definitely Storm Herald Barb. He takes a lot of hits. He's incre- incredibly strong, and there's lightning arcing off of him. Uh, Hulk or, or or Tempest Cleric. Yeah, yeah. You could argue Tempest Cleric as you well. You could argue. Uh, I, I also think that was potentially meant to be Thor. Uh, yeah. 
Thor as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd say Hulk, some combination of Rune Knight and Barbarian. Oh no, Wild Magic. Um, Wild Magic Barbarian. Oh yeah, I was gonna say Berserker, but yeah, that works. Because the Wild Ma- the Wild Magic Barbarian, um, I think they specifically say that your um, the way you get your power, one of the ways you can get your powers is like you were exposed to a scientific experiment. That's really cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely a barb of some kind. And I, I, I think Berserker I, could I, work. I think I think I said that, rune knight just for the giant might for the size growth. I'm trying to think. Is there? I was reading it the other day, and I'm, I'm forgetting this. Path the, of the Path of the Beast, maybe. So does Path of the Beast get to grow at higher levels as part of their thing? I don't. I don't, I, I don't think so. I think they just like manifest. Like you, know, you can get like claws and a whip. They get, get claws like, and like jumping or climbing and stuff yeah, like and that. Yeah, you get yeah. like a scorpion tail and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought that movie was Scorpion. Uh, uh, Hawkeye then is a, a, an arcane archer, I think, with the, with all the trick shots. Uh, yes, I wouldn't go for him as Ranger. Ranger seems like a a, a pick you might lean to, yeah. but I wouldn't say Ranger. Or possibly um, Kensai Monk Ooh, yeah. uh, with, with Longbow. That, um, that would actually probably make more sense because he's got the hand-to-hand stuff then as well. He he is quite good fighting up close and that range yeah. and, and yeah. he and he also he uses he's got the, he's got the most ridiculous if you if you ever pay attention to how Hawkeye's bow works you'll immediately realize it shouldn't work because not only is it collapsible but, and like really collapsible with the strings still attached by the way but he it's strong enough that he can collapse it down and use it as a bow staff. <laughs> he did he did that in in Civil War at the airport. He does it he in like, game as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, make, makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. But uh, we we allow it because they're fun. Yeah, and um, Black Widow is an assassin. Get off our back, Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Black Widow is an assassin. Um, assassin rogue straight through. Yeah, oh, 100%. Once 20 assassin rogue. <laughs> yeah. Which... maybe, maybe a couple uh, a dip into uh, Shadow Monk if you want, but I think majority assassin rogue. You could also just take the shadow touched um, feet and take invisibility as your spell. I was more speaking from having. Uh, she, she does have a lot of good martial arts ability as well. Oh yeah, of course. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I'm being dumb. Um, yeah. Vision is interesting. I have an idea for vision, but I'd like to hear what your idea for vision could be. Vision. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. I want. Apparently, wants to say Warforged something. Yeah, Warforged. Uh, because he is a robot. He's a robot. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna. I would say Warforged. Uh. Mm, Okay, I'm gonna say wizard, but I don't know. The mind stone makes me want to say wizard, and also the fact that he can literally shoot energy beams. I'm like, you could, and he can fly. You can get all those spells as a wizard. As a wizard, so I don't know. Warforged light cleric. Uh oh, maybe yeah. It was my idea because light clerics are such blasters. Yeah, yeah. No, I could see that. I could see that. Um, who else do we have? Fuck, who else Uh. Scarlet Witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's literally what she is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, um, uh, I was going to say Vulture. Falcon. Oh, Falcon. Uh, ooh, that's a tough one, actually. He, I think he'd be an artificer again of some sort because he's got the wings. The wings, it's yeah. Because he, he's... I, <laughs> well, actually, he's now Captain America. <laughs> Well, yeah. Party wants to say like, like we were we weren't really picking races with people, but like Party wants to just go like Eric Okra. Yeah. Just, so he has say sixty feet flight or fifty feet of flight the, speed right from get go. In the comics, he he is like, at, 
no, sorry, that's the second Falcon. In, 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 so when, in the comic books, right, so there is the first Falcon, Simon Wilson, and his, instead of a drone, he actually has a Falcon called Red Wing. And he can, oh, yeah, yeah. And he can this speak. This is when he had this red and white yeah. um, get-up. Yeah. And, and he can speak to birds a little. Um, oh, Falcon yeah, that's can. right, yeah. And then at one point, uh, Falcon takes on a sidekick, and then a villain called, I think it was the Jackal, experiments on the sidekick and also Red Wing and merges their DNA and that guy becomes the second falcon and he's actually part bird see okay i'm gonna say something right um if if at all you're designing a superhero right and uh, let's be honest a lot of superheroes and, and villains are named after animals yeah you know you got after octopus you got spider-man you got batman vulture. they're all named after animals scorpion. what'd you say vulture scorpion beast vulture, scorpion. well beast yeah. doesn't count um but if when you are designing the superhero at any point you think to yourself and they should be able to speak to the animal they're named after that's because you haven't designed them sufficiently enough <laughs> because this is why people make fun of aquaman right because they're like oh and he can talk to fish if that's what you're clinging to you haven't designed him well enough right because originally aquaman couldn't ma manipulate water and, and all. he wasn't as strong as he as as he is now like jason momoa's version is a very skewed version of what he was yeah, in the, early in the comic books he's he's i think he's fairly heavily based off the new 52 um yes. aquaman which With, is which is basically water thor yeah essentially that's the thing and like but again that's what not what he was originally a big yeah. thing was that he could talk to fish and i'm like like if no do you know why spider-man can't talk to spiders because he doesn't fucking need to because he's designed well i need to check because... i need to check something before you make a fool of yourself spider-man can't talk <laughs> i okay i wait, have there is there is the the penny parker thing where she is psychically connected to her spider so there, inside of there, her there is also an alternate universe character called spiders man who is a uh, peter parker fell into a, a pit of radioactive spiders and they all ate him and then uh, when they finish eating him, they all come back together in the shape of a Spider-Man. And he is not Spider-Man, he is Spiders-Man. He is a living, sentient colony of spiders that assumes the identity of Peter Parker after eating them. So for all your listeners, I just took off my headphones and walked away for the past 20 seconds because I didn't want to have to. I, I caught the last part there. Did you say he's a living, sentient colony of spiders? So he's not Spider-Man. I'll repeat this for Connor. Spiders-Man. Right. He's Spiders-Man specifically. Okay. And it's, I, I think if I remember rightly from the Spider-Verse story, it was, he, it was Peter Parker fell into like a vat of radioactive spiders and they ate him. And when they finished eating him, they basically took on his consciousness or elements of it and like reassembled themselves in the shape of like a human Spider Man and has like and with the suit and like he lost So that this is just a suit stuffed with spiders and they are moving the suit to yes, be him? Yes, it's it's like the extreme version of three dwarfs in a trench coat. There is I, I'm literally looking at um I, 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 I guess this must have been a reference. There's so, an episode of Rick and Morty called The Vindicators where there's an, a hero in it called Million Ants and it's the guy whose entire body is yeah. a huge colony of ants know, and that uh, must have been the inspiration for that. So we'll, we'll, we'll try and get, get back onto the D&D &D after this final note on yeah. the comic book tangent. tangent. But Connor, Spider-Man wasn't gifted the ability to talk to spiders when he gained his abilities. However, he has been able to talk to spiders in past storylines. Because when you said that, a vision in my head flashed by... Um, there was an old, there was a character called Ezekiel in Spider-Man who had, he was an old guy who had the same powers as Spider-Man. I think he got them from Anansi, the spider god in ancient Egypt. 
Um, okay. And at one point, he, he like kind of guides Peter for a while, and then he di- he kind of spoilerly dies at the end of the story arc. But uh, over the whole time, like Peter's like questioning him about his abilities because he has all these different spider abilities that Peter doesn't have as well as the ones Peter does have. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you can't talk to spiders, can you? And he's like, have you ever tried? And then the, the last panel of the thing, of the last like page of the comic book is he like finds a letter from Ezekiel, like like just kind of saying goodbye and explaining some things. And then he sees a spider on the window and he goes over and tries to talk to it. So I was like, it's definitely happened. It's definitely happened. Okay. That's from back in the day when uh, I used to week, uh, collect Spider-Man comics weekly. Okay. okay. So shall we actually do something fun in D&D related? Connor, do you want to bring back uh, something that we really enjoyed from a previous episode? Yeah, let's do this to get ourselves back on track because yeah. we uh, we have we have lost we have lost our way. Yeah, we've talked about and Marvel comics for about half an hour. <laughs> we should we should we should avoid we should have a list of things we avoid on this podcast, starting with comic books and Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it, we can get pretty off topic, but it, oh, that's a great podcast also though. It is actually. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Martin, we, I, uh, I, I see what you're building to here because Ooh. we have to prep this. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, so we, we, I believe this was, I don't know what number episode it was. It was the last time we talked about building NPCs, I believe. Yeah. And we talked about, uh, we played a little game where we prompted each other with a, a race, a class, and a background. So in in this case, I will give you the three of them. Yeah. And then on the spot, you have to come up with a character concept based on what I prompted you. Um, and actually, just completely off the top of my head, this will make a really, really fun campaign. Okay. If everybody pulls, oh, by. everyone challenges each other. Like you, you put well, names well, in that. Like, you put names in that and draw out, and you have to make a character for that person. Basically, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then that, out. that would be, be one you'd have to... short campaign. Yeah, I was gonna say that'd be one you'd have to test as a one shot first. <laughs> <laughs> there would be someone who would definitely get like oh. a fucking a kobold bard, and, and then it'd just be like, "Screw whoever did this yeah. to me." So someone would get someone would get, would get sour. Like someone would get sour pretty quick. <laughs> it, it it should be a thing that like every single person has to submit three, yeah. and then you put them all in. So there's like going to be like what maybe like twelve or fifteen um uh, class yeah. race combos and stuff yeah. in there, and then you jumble around and each person draws one. And oh. you might end up with like one person who made three. All those three might end up in the game, yeah. and you might be playing none of them, which could be very interesting. It'd be an interesting meta game as well because you there'd be an, if you're putting in three, you definitely make one strong one to try and increase your chances of pulling something good. Potentially, yeah. 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 I, if I was if I was doing it honestly, I would make I would make three of the weirdest worst combos I possibly could. I think I would uh, just make three awesome combos. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just do weird ones that no one ever plays. I'd be uh, like, you're playing an arcane archer Kenku. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I, I pick I pick all the stuff no one ever plays. Um, okay, so yeah, the way this game works, like we said, you have a comp- you get a, a race, a class, and a background. We prompt each other. Who wants to go first? Uh, you are the host, Rochelle. You ask, do you want to ask the questions first and I'll answer? I will prompt you. Uh, so, your background is soldier. Okay. Your class is sorcerer. Ooh. And your race is Duragar. Oh, 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 oh. Curveball! Okay. <laughs> I like it, though. Um, give me a second. I need to look at... Um, I'm going to pull up dnd beyond here real quick because i need to look at the sorcerer subclasses up uh, i don't know them as well off the top of my head oh yeah yeah uh so we have draconic divine soul so what was uh, storm what was the race again apologies Dur- durgar durgar Ooh, okay that changes things 
<laughs> no, do you know what? Actually, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so it's a a Duragar, yeah, soldier background Duragar clockwork soul. Uh, oh, interesting. Who during his time in the military uh, uncovered uh, was part of an expedition team that went deep below ground and uncovered a crashed. Um, Christ, what are that? What are those names? What are those things? Do you know what are do you know what are those things that auto hit you for sixty four damage? Oh, I'm morose. Yeah, he. They, they, there's a. They find. They find the somehow the like remains of a morose uh, that somehow got underground. And while they're investigating it, he was exposed to the forces of the plane of Mechanus. And that, uh, along with his own natural inc- inclination for orderliness bred into him by the military, uh, resulted in him becoming a clockwork soul sorcerer. And he now goes out to spread order amongst the chaos of the Underdark. That is not where I thought you'd go with that, but I really like it. <laughs> I, I love the inclusion of the Merc because I, I... First of all, I just think they're an absolutely brilliant... Um, stat block um just because they do because they're from the plane of order they are pure order uh for those who don't know they don't roll to hit you they just hit you if they're if they're up within five feet of you they can just slap you with an attack no questions asked and they don't roll any dice for their damage they just do 60 points of force damage every single time they are insane um I love that. I, I absolutely love that. I did not think you were clockwork magic, though. That is probably one of the last places I thought you'd go with that. I was thinking to myself, I thought shadow. Yeah. I thought maybe he got lost in the Underdark and, you know, got some shadow magic. I thought storm. I was originally going to go mountain dwarf. And then I thought, okay, if it was me, I'd go mountain dwarf who lives on the top of a hill or the top of a peak. And as a result, kind of got storm magic from just being exposed to the elements and stuff like that. Uh... Damn, I wish, you, I wish he was a gnome. If it, was, if it wasn't a Dorgar and it was a gnome instead, I would have named him Metro. You would have named him Metro? Yeah. Metro the gnome. God. Because <laughs> he keeps time. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did not think you'd go that way. Um, or Also, I could have seen Aberrant Mind Sorcerer as yeah, well. Yeah, they, they were whole linked to the... To the again that's where i would have gone i like that you went somewhere that i didn't think and again the inclusion of the marut is fantastic it was it was it's purely because you said soldier first i was thinking like what are the things i want to go get soldier so what what things are like beaten into in the military it's like discipline order regiment and i was like flicking down i looked at the subclass inside and i was like oh clockwork sword read the first line clockwork sword sorcerers impose order and i was like oh yeah yeah yeah, cool yeah military team exposed to mechanism and now he's a clockwork sword very good. Yeah. Uh, oof. Uh, quick one. Ah, Q. The, his name is Tally. His name is Tally? Yeah. As in, he keeps Tally? Yeah. Keeps track nice. of everything. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Connor. So uh, I'll give you my race, class, and background now if you're ready. Okay. Yeah. Hit me. Uh, I have DD Beyond Open just so I, so I can look up uh, a couple things. Yeah. Okay, no, that go. should have really been a thing I did before I, I took your I, I took your suggestions. Uh, give me give me give me background first if that's okay. Entertainer. Okay, okay. Entertainer, okay. Uh race is halfling. And your okay. your class is Bloodhunter. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Ooh, okay, I got them, I got them. Okay, Entertainer. Good. Okay, so, Entertainer Halfling, and they are, they grew up kind of as part of like a traveling circus slash carnival group, 
um, where they'd put on big shows, but also like little things as well. There'd be people that would operate little boots where you, you know, you don't think where you get the ball and you put it under the cups and you just slot, like move them around yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. So there's basically, uh, there's basically uh, a lot of stuff like that and there's all these different things. Uh, this particular halfling uh, was uh, someone who would do knife throwing. So he had daggers Ooh. and he'd go onto a wooden board um and his he was travel with uh, his girlfriend who also joined separately but then they became her couple once they were inside of the car was she the one uh, on the spinning wheel he's the one on the wheel. yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Throwing, he, he's throwing them and all she and sometimes he's blindfolded and he's doing it with all the daggers um and people loved it and it was great acting and it was really really popular in the carnival um and then at one point at some point in the carnival uh, during the whole thing uh a new member joined the carnival and she was a fortune teller and she had a weird vibe about her and uh, and she didn't really get on with anybody other than the, than the kind of circus master he would talk to her but she didn't really interact with anyone else she spent most of her time inside of her inside of her uh, carriage and stuff like that and um, oftentimes as many times as people would come out of her carriage and be like ooh that was a great fortune telling people would come out incredibly disturbed uh, and at one point, uh, the I'm gonna do, I, I apologize in advance. Uh, this is just my mind went. I'm doing a, a woman in the woman in the fridge deal. Um, okay. But uh, the the his, the girlfriend of the character went into uh, into get her fortune told just because she's like I wonder what all the fuss is about. I'll go and check it out. She went in and she came back out and she was not right and she couldn't talk about what you want told her. She was just terrified to her core um and uh and he basically went to confront her and said what the hell did you say to her you know you you've you've upset her terribly how, how could you you know what did you do uh at which point your one flicked her fingers and the doors shut behind him and she against his will told him what his fortune is Ooh. and he doesn't remember either and he can't talk about it but it rattled him to his insides and he found that he was cursed. And uh, within a few weeks, his his uh, his partner, she ran off uh, while they were parked up on the side of the road one night between towns. He just ran off into the woods some point in the night. No one ever heard from her again. No one could track her. Just disappeared, taken. Uh, he went to go and confront the, the woman, the fortune teller, and she was also gone. Just her trailer was there, but the inside of it was empty. There was no sign of any of her stuff or anything like that. She had just disappeared, absconded in the night. Um, and he began searching for for any fortune tellers or witches or hags or anything like that that he thought might match this woman's description, hoping to find out what had happened to his uh, his lost love uh, and, and what it is he said to her and what she did to him. Um, and in, in the process of uh, in the process of finding out uh, or trying to understand what the, the curse that may have been put on his love and the curse that was put on him, he basically got into this a little bit into the study of blood curses enough enough into blood magic that he had the basics and could kind of use some of it. Um, uh, he left the carnival and and kind of became an adventurer, um, hunting particularly fae and the witches and stuff like that. Um, uh, and he would throw flaming daggers that he would blood curse. Or, or crimson right on the daggers, and he go and throw flaming daggers at his enemies. Um, that is very and, cool. Thank you very much. And his name 
is his name is Deacon. 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 Very cool. Um, what subclass would it be? One sec. I I I need to pick a, a subclass. Why does? Oh, here we go. Additional blood hunter. Um, I would guess probably okay. not the profane soul based on his hatred of Faye and. <laughs> okay, so not lichen, not mutant. What about um, what's the one where you get the right of the dawn? Ghost Slayer? Ghost Slayer, maybe. That's more about. Uh, I I almost feel like he would, maybe actually be profane soul. Oh, as but in, like, like, but he... like. But it's it's not it's not like a it's not like a deal he made willingly, or at least he doesn't think so. Oh, okay. It's like he is yeah. I think I think he'd be profane soul, but I think his pact or whatever that he has somehow the, the link he has with this this witch this fortune teller woman is not something he agreed to. Or again, maybe he did. He doesn't remember what happened inside of there. A deal may have been struck in some way, uh, and that's why he is bound to her, and that's why he has his pact magic. Very cool. Also, side note, I don't think it counts as fridging a character if uh, you don't kill her. Uh oh, okay. Uh, Still cause... though, I, I I wanted to call myself out on that because yeah. I was like I was like, how I I thought like I don't know. Do you know that yeah. term actually comes from a comic book as well? Oh, does it? Fridging, yeah. We can't, we, we, we can't go back on comic books. Re I'll explain oh. it really quickly, really quickly. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's from a Green Lantern comic basically where Kyle Rayner, the Green Lantern, his his girlfriend is literally killed and stuffed inside a fridge to motivate him to go and defeat the villain. Is that really where it comes from? Yep. Wow, it, I, I would have thought I, I would have thought it was an older so, thing than No, I think it was literally in like it's I think it might have been the 80s. Um, but like literally right. she was killed and put in the fridge and then that became the, called the woman in the fridge trope and then that eventually evolved to just becoming called fridging. Ah, okay. I've now, I I would not have uh, known to call it fridging, but yeah, it's it's it is a trope. But uh, other than that, I'm quite happy with the story. Other than yeah, that. no, uh, that, was, that was, was awesome. Yeah, he has the entertainer background. He's quite charismatic, but he he's cold towards people now, and his 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 want of entertaining people is lost. And instead, he's just about finding out what happened that night any, uh, in the on the side of the road. Any particular reason behind the choice of Deacon as the name? No, it just kind of came to mind. It, is, um, it fits, though, because uh, a deacon is a position of uh, authority within a religious organization. It is, and I feel like that's somewhat ironic. Yeah. It's There's like an he... irony to that, because he, he may or may not have made some sort of pact with a, a an evil uh, being or, or person. So, yeah, I, I feel like there's an irony to the name deacon. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was awesome. Yeah, I think two pretty... I, like the, I, just, I just love the visual of him in a black cloak juggling flaming daggers and going pa pa <laughs> yeah sick. isn't there a magic item that's just like a, an endless bag of no normal daggers they are I think it's either a glove or a pair of gloves or, or a bracer and yeah. you can draw a dagger from it and throw it and as soon as it hits its target or doesn't it will disappear but then you can just draw another throwing knife so it's basically a gauntlet or a bracer of endless throwing knives that would be perfect for that character yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. The only problem is, and I realized when I was telling it mechanically, if he does his crimson right and throws something... He has to hurt himself every time. He has to hurt himself every time. So maybe he maybe he throws daggers uh, when he needs to. But uh, Although, if you got like a belt of returning, like there is in Critical Role or something yeah. like that, I think as long... I'd have to double check. I think as I, long I, as I he think... doesn't end his turn with the weapon not in his hand, I think... I think right if it's a thrown piece of ammunition, it extinguishes when it hits his target. 
because if, if that wasn't the, the case the arrows would still like uh, Aerith's arrows would still have lightning energy on them when they're stuck in the target uh one second now for the duration of deals for your the damage is magical increasing plus a little bit of you uh hmm if you ever wanted a speed red version of um the blood right uh connor is currently <laughs> uh, ah, uh, here we go. Uh, as a bonus action, you can activate the Crimson Right on a single weapon uh, with elemental energy, blah, blah, and no right of your choice. It lasts until you finish a short or long rest, or if you aren't holding the weapon at the end of your turn. Oh, good. So, so it does theory, return. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, so if you had even a single dagger, if that dagger returns after you throw it, like like a Dwarven throw orbit in its dagger form, he could throw the dagger, it would whip back into his hand. And he could just keep doing that repeatedly. A rope dart would be a sick weapon for him. Rope dart work very well, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that does. I like. Yeah. I I love just doing stuff and just making random characters. Like I've I've a few I've a few other ones drawn up here that I didn't have ready before we started kind of talking about this, and I'm like, ooh, actually, do you know what? That would actually be quite cool. <laughs> uh, so who do we we have? Deacon and we have uh, Tally. Tally, yeah. How would you spell Tally? T a double l y. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that just like the name Tally just for for some reason makes me think he'd be Scottish as well. Oh, I was uh, okay. This is weird because in my in my homebrew world, uh, Asteria, Dorgar uh, for me are uh, are like Russian and kind of Slavic, um, and I so I kind of went more towards the name Tally being short for like. Uh, to like Talavanzov or something like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. you know, like well, actually, you know, it probably would be the other way around, wouldn't it? Because I think a lot of the time, not always, I don't think, but I think a lot of the like time. Like how Joe is short for Joseph. Yes, but that's like in like more Western languages, when we shorten someone's name, we tend to pick the first half of the name. So like, uh, so like, for example, I don't know, uh, like I said, Joe yeah. is the first part of Joseph. So we shorten it to the first part of the name. Oftentimes when you look at like, uh, like Eastern European countries and stuff like that, they will take the last part of the name. So like I, I used to work, uh, I used to have a manager who name, whose name was uh, Cornela, um, and she was Polish. But then, for her nickname, or she went by casually, was just Nila. Okay. So to take the last, that, that's just a weird uh, like cultural thing. But it's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and Stuff I'm like trying to think like super... would that would Tally be the last half of his name? No, no. Name, if he was Russian, but if he's Scottish, yeah. Yeah, he's Scottish, <laughs> isn't it? Tally just sounds like a Scottish lad's name. He sounds like he'd be good crack. He'd like he'd have a really a really thick. Uh, like Tally. Glasgow accent, yeah. and he'd like really, really guttural. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He'd sound like he wouldn't be miss. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't stand out in the cast of trains button. Yeah, <laughs> I'm liking these. Uh, I'm liking this game because we end up with these weird selections of characters. Like, so last time you had a, a lizard folk, lizard folk, right, shipwright artificer, yeah, artificer who was a battlesmith. Uh, yeah, he, he, had, he, he had, had a companion. He, yeah, and it was a robot spider that it was also his backpack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So which I which I really really loved, and I think what did you, you had me, um uh, he was oh his name was it was a, it was an arc wizard, is what I gave you, and he was an enforcer for the mob, and you had a really good name for him that I can't think of right now, and it was really something with a G, Grunt, Grunt. It was Grunt. Yeah, Grunt yeah. was his name. Which um, is a great name. Like. I, I I think I think honestly the four characters I I I'm always just really proud or happy when we come up with these stories and how these people became who they are and I think honestly half orc liz half orc uh, wizards war I think I said warcaster or evocation 
Uh, I yeah, I think it was evocation. Yeah, because you said it he basically evocation. shows up and lights people's shops on fire if they don't pay protection money. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, so like him, artificial lizard folk, uh, <laughs> Dorgar. Honestly, this, so. this was a solid makings of like maybe an evil campaign. Um, Dorgar, uh, Blockwork Soul Sorcerer, and uh, uh, Halfling Bloodhunter. Nice draw. <laughs> Uh, knife thrower yeah I, I think it's a solid group that's a uh, that's uh, that's some solid um, Justice League dark stuff right there <laughs> <laughs> we know one of us need at least one of us needs to be actually dead for that someone has to be a uh, someone has to be a dead man what's the uh, the lineage the gothic lineage the returned the returned yes yeah yeah. So I, one of us needs to play a return I actually have a return concept that I quite like if you'd like to hear it uh, that actually would very nicely transition us, Martin, because I was actually going to say, um, so obviously you and I were both Dungeon Masters. Indeed. One of the most rewarding, wonderful uh, things, creative things you can possibly do, also a massive pain in the arse because you never get to play any of the characters you come up with. So I'm, I'm kind of curious I, if I you pl- have... I play in your campaign, so I'm kind of cheating the well, system. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I am curious what uh, what your... Uh, what your character, or what, if any characters that you have in your in your backlog that you'd yeah. like to? See, I think it's. Reference. I think you're you are definitely right. By the way, about the DM thing, because since I started DMing, the amount of characters I make just randomly has just <laughs> boom crashed into the ground. Because I actually have to, also sorry about whistling on the podcast, uh, but because uh, you have to actually make NPCs, and when you want to make NPCs that are interesting. Usually you go, huh, I had an idea, I guess, oh, okay, screw it, yeah, NPC now, or, yeah. vi- or villain now. Um, but yeah, this uh, one I have here that was um, one of the most recent ones I came up with was when I remembered all the new UA races. Uh, so it is a, re- a they're, I think they're, are they called the Reborn or the Returned? Oh, Reborn might be, I'll double check it out. Yeah, because I wrote Reborn in my notes here. But uh, basically, uh, a Reborn slash Returned, uh, Frankenstein style, Frankenstein style one as well, you know, in that you're uh, like a corpse stitched together from other corpses. Like pieced together, yeah. 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 Um, and then uh, Reborn, then, uh, Reborn that woke up in an empty lab with no knowledge of his purpose or creator other than a single lab coat with the initials EM stitched into it. EM. There's no meaning I, to them. I just picked right. Okay, words. okay, I, I, okay. I, I thought, I thought you were. Uh, yeah, that's a really good concept. I sorry, I was, I was looking for a meaning. Like, <laughs> em, is this going to be a pun for his name? No. Um, oh God, it'd be me backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he looked at it in the mirror and yeah. he thought, and yeah. Oh, it's uh, you. Yeah, no, that, that, that was one. I thought, I think that would be a cool one because then, like, it's, it's all, it's, it's sort of similar thematically to like the Iron Giant, where like. Almost like you're you were like a weapon or a tool, but your creator something happened to your creator after yeah. they finished you and they couldn't activate you. So now you wake up on your own. And what does what does a thing created to have no will of its own do when it has a will of its own? That that is forever such a fascinating concept. I, we brought this up before because I think you were saying a player pitched this to you or no, something uh, like that. A mate of mine is basically playing a Warforged Iron Giant right now. Um, and that yeah, was his concept. Right, yeah. He, he woke up underground after. Is uh, 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 a warforged artificer, I believe. Yeah. No, a warforged. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think war, warforged artificer. Artillerist, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And like that, that's that's honestly brilliant. And like, it makes me. And like you said, it's very Iron Giant. 
Uh, and I think I mentioned this last time you brought it up as well, is that there's that quest in one of the DLCs of Dragon Age 1, yeah. where there is a golem in the middle of town. Everyone thinks he's just a statue and he's kind of frozen like that. And you get the control rod and wake him up. Kind of, um, yeah. Have you, have you but, read Frankenstein, like the actual book by Mary Shelley? I have not. Okay, so the characterization of a Frankenstein is a lot different in the books to what he is in the movie. And I can understand that because when you, with the movies comes the inherent kind of wants to make it a bit more exciting action stuff but in in the books uh the mon frank the monster he's never called frankenstein he's just a monster um the monster he's like really he's actually quite a deep character he's very philosophical he's very melancholic um very much kind of laments his own creation you know like why am i why was i brought into this world and abandoned by my creator um, because in the books Frankenstein makes him then realises what he's made uh, same as the books the movies you know, makes it realises what he's made and then is horrified by it uh, but in the books he just abandons him just fucking runs right um, and like uh, as a consequence of that the, the, the monster is like he's, it's highly intelligent um, very deep and philosophical kind of ponders about the meaning of life and existence but also murders people like he, he murders people <laughs> Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it's he's more. Jeez, it had more like goth or emo than, and I think that's kind of the characterization of a Frankenstein. I would lean into with that. Is the more yeah, like yeah. you're like, what like what happened that why why was I brought into this world and then abandoned? Like why why am I a tool, why am I a tool created without a purpose? That kind of a thing. Like, yeah, ra yeah. Rather than the kind of like that kind of. Uh... Uh, I may have brought this up before again. I, I find I'm repeating myself a lot. Um, but uh, just in like looking for purpose and stuff like that, my in Asteria, the my Dragonborn, all the Dragonborn that exists currently hmm. are all of the first generation of Dragonborn. Um, they were all created and they fought in big wars, and then many of them fled. And the groups like the Dragonborn you maybe see wandering the world are individuals who have fled the war. And they're like, well, I was bred as a as a tool of war, as a warrior or, or whatever my purpose was, but I was bred to be a servant of dragons. I'm now no longer a servant of dragons. I've liberated myself. What am I? You know, like what yeah. is I, my people have no culture or no heritage or history other than the past 80 or so years. So where do what is our place in the world? You know, and I have a whole a whole set of colonies that they have made where it's a bunch of dragonborn they're just kind of getting by like it's it's weird it's, it's really fun to think about because i'm like okay they set up colonies they're like building i guess houses for themselves what did their houses look like because they don't have architecture yeah like they don't have did they it'd be like would it be super rudimentary would there be no style to it or would it be would they would it be all would be every single house look entirely different from the last because everyone's just doing what they think is the best design but no one is like no one's following a unique like style of architecture and then like their what does their government look like does it resemble any other governments before or it's a very like uh egalitarian or or whatever you know that would be it what might actually be a cool thing to look at for that um in the real world would be uh ireland post-independence because we did a lot of really yeah. we did a lot of really weird shit and a lot of it didn't really make sense um, uh, like, Ireland, Ireland experimenting in in its own politics led to some weird places. My absolute favorite thing that we did was because um, it's hilarious. Um, was we had like this, we had a, a lot of trams in cities, like we had tram lines and stuff, and um, like a really connected tram lines around the country. Um, and as soon as we got our independence, ripped up all of the tram lines because the Brits put them down and they have to go. Uh, but yeah. do you know what we did? But then do you know what we did with the post boxes. 
We just painted them, didn't we? We painted them green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, half the half yeah. the like the old old post boxes around Dublin and stuff like that are st- are just there's, British. They're the old cast iron yokes. There's one in green, yeah. there's one in town. There's one in the middle of town. Um, you can see it's just stuck into the side of a wall. And it's still got the old HMS or whatever. Yeah, yeah. On it. Um, but yeah, that, that would that would be a cool thing to look at if you if you're looking for stuff for that. But uh. Trust know what character concept you have because me and you come up with wildly different stuff and I'm always here for it. Uh, well, actually, okay, I have a couple other ones here, but oh, jumping okay. off the back of what we were talking about a second ago with the Dragonborn and their culture and stuff, um, I had this character concept that, um, because it's kind of really suited to my own world, I'll probably never get to play it, but um, I just thought it was a really fun idea, is to play a Dragonborn bard. Okay. Um, and specifically, you're coming from this Dragonborn culture that isn't really a culture yet it's finding its 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 roots in the world and this bard is basically trying to record their history it's like like imagine being imagine having all the ability to write and having paper and pens and every all the modern writing and recording facilities and that but but you get to go back to the very start of your people's culture you know you, you, you there's no like i wonder did our ancient ancestors do this thing with this object it's like no we know because we we recorded it very detailed so his whole thing is that he's a lore master i'd go probably college of lore as well um oh uh, dude like oh man you need to read mistborn god damn it because you're making i know i do i know it but like the character you're describing is a main character in mistborn connor (laughs) (laughs) so yeah but uh, okay so yeah the idea is basically he's just like like i i don't want to he doesn't want to be a soldier anymore he's like he's like i just want to find out who we are what our place is and th- and that's why i'm recording all of my people's history because again this is the start our, our history began when we liberated ourselves from the dragons i get to be here day one writing down exactly what's happening and i'd maybe throw in like a bit of a like a 1920s new york uh like newspaper kind of inv- reporter. oh my god yes uh kind of vibe to him but yeah he'd be all about like investigating he'd have a high high investigation um and stuff uh, very charismatic um, and yeah his whole thing is just like I need to record absolutely everything that happens and then I would take that as a, as a challenge to be as good as a, of a note taker as you in whatever campaign that was <laughs> ah, thank you. no that's awesome I, I love that idea um, I think I've actually talked to you about this character it's not really a spoiler to say what that character is but have I ever talked about like Sazed from um, Mistborn he's the, he's the guy who has um, metal minds and he can store knowledge in the metal and pull it out like a database Yes, you have. Yeah. Believe. So like he specializes in like he he uh like all of his people basically they're they were a nation that was enslaved by um another by a by by the big bad of the story and right. this horrific colonial oppression like re- like 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 breeding camps and all this really horrific stuff. Right. Um, but he uh as a result of that all of the terrorist people, um basically they they like memorize all of their own history because all okay. of their written history was destroyed by their colonizers so every one of them goes out and like memorizes all their history and can like verbatim repeat the entire history of their people and that continues with generations kind of like the speakers in um very much so yeah, actually yeah yeah yeah. Oh, yeah i love love castlevania god damn I so, love good. Castlevania. <laughs> so good that, that's uh that's that's really cool I, I i know i need to read read mistborn i keep finding uh more like i i i started uh i watched shadow and bone recently the yeah. netflix show quite good not amazing but it's quite good and i think honestly the the source material probably does the world and everything a lot more justice um 
Uh, and also, the, I'm pretty sure this first season, because the, there's like seven books in that world, but it's like, it's like, oh, sorry, like maybe five or six. It's basically a trilogy, a duology, and then one prequel book or something like that. But they, this first season is basically a kind of melding together of the story of the first book of the trilogy and the first book of the duology. Ooh. And, and the, the stories are a little bit, they don't 100% line up. Because uh, it's not like they're taking place in tandem. I don't think they're taking place at, at the same time. They kind of replace a few things to make them fit. But it's good, and the world is really cool. And I keep finding more and more modern fantasy writers um, who have these amazing worlds with great magic systems and stuff like that. And I'm like, that sounds really interesting. And I just never get around to reading them. <laughs> and it's criminal. Yeah. Um, uh, like Mistborn in particular is one that does uh, interest me. That's um, you would really Sanderson, like right? Mistborn. Oh yeah, that's that's one of Sanderson's most popular. I think his most popular watched, is uh, the Stormlight though. Stormlight Archive, yeah. And there's one I was watching. Uh, you, you watch him as well. He's oh, a, Daniel Green. Daniel Green. Yeah. He does a really good uh, a really good skit where himself and his friend and he he's one of the he's a just a generic modern fantasy writer and he comes up to his friend who is playing Brandon Sanderson. And it's like, hey, Brandon, myself and the other writers, we were just talking, and we think it would just be, it'd be really nice if you could just maybe slow down. <laughs> you, you're kind of, you're, you're, you're throwing out a lot of books, and that's kind of overshadowing us a little bit. And as he's talking to him, your man is making eye contact, but he is like <laughs> typing away furiously like that. And he's like, I think it's like, like right now, for example, you're not, you're doing, you're, you're writing a book right now, and then he's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, you, but you're, you're typing. And then as soon as he, and he's like, no, I'm not. And he does the, the like the click. As a, he's like, did you just finish a chapter while you were talking to me? And he's like, no, I didn't. You just did the chapter finish click. <laughs> They're really good. Yeah. If you if you follow Sanderson on Twitter though, he does stuff like not not that not to that extent, but like he'll he'll be like, hey, I'm I'm working on the draft for the next Way of Kings book or whatever. Yeah. And then like a week later, he'll put up a tweet and it'll be like just a it'll be like a, pr- a loading bar and it'll be like twenty five percent. You'll be like in yeah, a week. <laughs> he is. I I've like. Oh, I mean, and like the thing is, like, he, it, it's not like it'd be one thing. I don't know. It'd be one thing if he was churning out book after book after book on the same world, and right? Were, and if they were bad. Oh yeah, exactly. But the thing is, they're good. He's an amazing writer. He'll go one, two, three. Now there's a trilogy. Put that out, and everyone's like, "That's amazing." And he's like, "What? Oh, that thing? I finished that ten years ago. I've written like six different other trilogies since then." And he's there's just like, like four other magic systems in them now. I, and that's the thing like every trilogy has a, a new magic system there, as well there are two there are, there are at least two magic systems in um Mistborn. there is a th- i know there's a third secret one that's kind of a bit of a spoiler i saw that somewhere before yeah yeah that's why i didn't say there's three <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there, there, uh, there, I, there, I, I, I actually don't know what it is i i purposely haven't spoiled it for myself either I just don't don't because it's it's one of the it's literally one of the biggest reveals in the entire series Okay, uh, and I know like Stormlight as well. Stormlight is the one where he has that continent where storms rush in from the east and like bo- like knock over the yeah. land. Yeah, I've then... I've only read like I'm I'm literally on the last chapter of the first Stormlight book. Um, sadly, uh, they just didn't. Uh, I just haven't gotten into him as much as I got into Mistborn, but I'm gonna fix that. But uh, yeah, they, well, like... I I think I think you did a thing though because you literally finished. I think you finished Mistborn or you finished some other book series, uh, within a month. And then you immediately tried to jump onto Stormlight. And, and I think you maybe needed time to digest, digest was, what you'd already had. You know? Yeah, I was unemployed at the time and I read uh, 18 books in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that. Like, I'm not a fast reader. And I know it's like a muscle. you got to exercise it and stuff like that. 
Um, I'm audiobooks. I've, I've, um, I've literally... And I, and I will not apologize for that. I've, li- I've literally, like, since I was a child, I've been like this. <laughs> yeah. I, I was good at one point. I, I think I was in about third class, and our teacher was very, very good for getting us to read books. Yeah. It, um, it's just and, a matter of me being interested in the book. Once I, I'm interested in my groove, I'll sit and read for, like, 12 hours. Yeah. I've never, never done that. But, but you know what? I, again, I, I need to, though. I think if I did, um, I'd... I'd get a lot better at reading a lot. I'd enjoy it a lot more. I, um, and and I, I feel like I'm missing out because there's like amazing. Um, have you ever? I, I was looking up stuff about this this week, and it's like, it's like apparently the most amazing, but also the most cursed thing. Um, and Ooh. that's why people don't approach it. I, I love the, uh, the, wheel, the wheel of time. Oh, I've only see. I've only heard good things about it because I watched Daniel Green. <laughs> well, the, I, I've, I've heard nothing but good things, but then I've also heard like it doesn't really hit its stride until the fourth book. Yeah. And then also I've heard like it's eleven books long. And it's been going on since like ninety something or something Sanderson like that. Sanderson finished it as well because uh, the author he did, he did the last away. two. I think. Yeah, Robert Jordan is the author. Yeah, yeah, and he he passed it off to Sanderson, who yeah. apparently, according to fans and stuff, did a very very good job in finishing someone else's work. I believe uh, he very, was very like well. handpicked by Jordan to finish his work. Yeah, oh, he was. Yeah, he was at, specifically asked. Yeah, um, which is very very cool. Um, again, like again, Sanderson, like honestly, might be the quintessential fantasy author of our, of our timeline he's like he's he's shaping up to be like the next like like terry pratchett kind of level like yeah, creating yeah. a massive universe that everyone absolutely adores and is just on undebatable quality like and, and actually that's the thing all of his books despite them being set on different worlds and a different magic system cosmere, they're all technically because yeah. yeah they're cosmere they're all part of the same cosmology and the same kind of world and yeah. stuff or same universe i guess which is insane yeah. Um, do you wanna do you wanna jump on a a, a character concept? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we keep getting we're so off track all day. I don't know what it is. Do you know what? Though? Uh, it's, yes. all, it's all related though. It's fine. It's all related because we're still talking about magic and stuff. It's fine. We're not talking about like fairy stories again <laughs> or Zack Snyder. You know what I think about? Stop. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Throw us that one. I feel bad. I I've been, I feel like I've been hogging the spotlight in your episode. Uh, oh no, you're grand. I, I mean, I I often feel like when I'm hosting, it's it's my job to pump you for information. Um, so, uh, I okay, I have okay. This is the one I actually did get to play for a little bit of time. Okay, I, and I don't think I was really sold. I think you are. You know the character I'm talking about. Uh, I wasn't really sold on Barb's. Oh, um, okay. I didn't get the appeal. Um, until, mm, until okay, on, yeah, until until this one came out, right? So Xanathar's dropped, and I fell in love with the Storm Herald. Yeah, and I have a Triton barbarian, whose name is Aratok. Uh, and my God, is he fun to play? <laughs> um, he is because okay, so the way I that, the, my my pitch for my elevator pitch for Aratok mm. is he's a cross between Ackerman and Thor. Uh, and he has the temperament of uh, Avatar Korra. So he's young. He's maybe like early twenties, but uh, in his and he's kind of Avatar esque in his in his culture. In the background I have for him is that in his Triton culture, every generation one person is born with a storm, like uh, like a storm soul or a storm inside of their heart. Yeah, uh, and he is this person he's he was identified at a, as a young age of being this person so he was trained as a warrior and trained to like manifest and control his powers and stuff like that and the idea is it's a, it's a largely a ceremonial position but in times of like great strife and stuff like that he would be called upon 
to help his people, you know. Um, cool. And there, there have been, you know, these people before in past generations who lived their entire lives never having really to do anything. They just kind of live a cushy life where they're looked after and they train and they occasionally make appearances at ceremonies and stuff like that. Um, but he basically decides, being the young, headstrong person he is, very like Cora, uh, I'm not going to sit around here waiting to be called upon. Uh, I'll happily do the job. I'm, I'm happy to help my people and I want to do right. But I don't want to waste my whole life here, you know, in a, sitting here in like an enclave waiting for something to go wrong so that I can then see the world. I think it would benefit me largely if I could just go out and like experience life and everything, you know? So he leaves his underwater Triton city uh, and goes to the surface and he lands. I, I played a short uh, campaign of him, only like a couple levels, uh, but it was like level six, seven. Um, so I, it was decent power, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I played him um, in this, and he basically went to the mainland. It was it was based in in uh, Sword Coast, uh, and he came up and like he was. I, I get to play him as a literal fish out of water, because uh, he had no idea about anything on the surface. I made I decided at some point that he is he loves sweet things because everything is salty where he's from. Everything he eats is salty where he's from. He has no idea what sweet is. And he gets that. to the surface and someone hands him like something sugary or a pastry or a piece of fruit. And he's like, holy shit, this is amazing. You guys <laughs> have this stuff here? Um, and I remember there was one point. He, so basically, we in this campaign, we got put on like, a, a, we were a staff on a cruise ship. But it was like, and they were touring the aisles. Um, and when we were on it, we, the first day... He goes to like the galley to like the mess hall, um, and people are getting like, like a cafeteria style setup where you get a tray and you put your food on it. You go and sit and you eat. And he goes up and he's watching all the food. He's like, I don't know what anything is. So I don't really know what to pick. And he watched someone else pick up an orange, put it on their plate or the tray, and then walked off. And he was like, Okay, I guess I'll take whatever that person's taking. And he grabbed an orange and he smelled it, and it smells nice because yeah. oranges smell nice. And he goes, okay. And he's bit into it, skin and all. <laughs> I knew that. And, and I, I, did, I did a face of him going... <laughs> and he kind of just goes, pop. And he spits it out into the ground. And he puts the orange back, like, bite side down into the pile of fruit. Uh, and, I got, and there was a brilliant moment then where, like, uh, a few minutes later, the uh, the captain, who or not the captain, but, you know, our, our, our CEO... Um, came up and he's like, alright, uh, time for you know morning duties. Have you all eaten? And he's like, and he's just like, uh, yes, I had an orange a moment ago. It was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. Uh, so yeah, and I basically play him. I, I had some great moments with him. Um, the He's he's really fun. It's, it's what made me love barbs. I, again, I didn't get the appeal. I thought they'd be kind of boring. Man, the fucking, the adrenaline rush you get where everyone is hitting you and you're like, half that, half that, half that. <laughs> and, the, and the thing is, like, as a, as a as a Triton as well, he is resistant to cold and lightning damage as well. Yeah. I think Thunder as well as the Storm Herald. I think so. Um, so he, he's a bunch of resistances. Um, and then I got to play a few different things. There was one point where we were on top of a wall surrounding a town that's like 10 feet wide. And there was hordes of goblins coming at us. And I literally ran out front because I was the only tanky person in this party. Ran out front, shield down, tried like tritoned up, and I was just like stab, 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 stab. Uh, and I was tallying them up. And then later on, I was doing the same, holding a doorway, a five foot wide doorway. I stood in it, and goblins were going stab, 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 stab. But I was halving all the damage from them. And I think I killed thirty something goblins. Outside. Oh my god! <laughs> I was 
I was at because because again it's like it's attack attack and then it's like uh, it's lightning bonus action lightning zap. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so literally, uh, you were literally Thor on the Rainbow Bridge at the end of Ragnarok. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like completely, and it was absolutely amazing. I also had another one where he gave the DM put in like a version of Stormbreaker, the the axe Ooh. into the game. Uh, that's a that's I, a legendary. That's a that's an artifact actually, Stormbreaker. <laughs> it was sure. it was. I will say it was a little bit OP for the level we were at. But he put the axe into the game, and at one point there were three goblin galleys like bearing down on the cruise ship. Uh, and I, I, I turned to the rest of the lads and I was like, wait here. And I just fell off the side of the ship into the water and I can swim really yeah. fast. So I was just swimming like Aquaman style through the water. And I went up under the ship and I found, I don't know what you'd call it. There's a word for it. It's a keel, the, the central yeah, spine the keel, at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, and I went up to that, and I said, "Can I just use my axe just to put and <laughs> I'll rage? And can I just like punch a hole in the in the bottom of the ship with my axe?" And I, I you know, made a strength check and stuff like that, and I hacked a two foot wide hole in the bottom of it, <laughs> and water started going in. And then I'm like, "Cool, I move onto the next ship." <laughs> yeah, because there's nothing you can they can do about it because it's under the water. I'm under water. Yeah, it was, it was honestly. I don't know if I, if he told us it was an nautical. He he didn't. He didn't tell us it was like a nautical campaign. I just really wanted to play a Triton, uh, Triton Barbarian. Uh, so yeah, and honestly, he was so powerful, and he was he was a little bit dumb, and he was a dead, like I said, fish out of water. Uh, but he was such a fun character to play. Um, I also got a cool bit where like he doesn't have many spells, but he has some inherent spells from being a Triton. Mm. Uh, and at one point, the cruise ship was actually sinking. And we were trying to escape on like it, it's such a big ship. It was like a com comically big ship. It's so big that its lifeboats were like other galley-sized boats that would be lowered off the side of it. Uh, and we were like loading people on board as the ship was going down Titanic style. Um, and we had to the ship was like I had to, I had to push them apart or the big ship would have torn the other ship down. So I basically said I plant myself on the side of the ship. And I cast Gust of Wind because you can do that once a day. So the big, like, you know, 50 foot long, whatever it is, stream, like, pushes the two ships apart. Um, it was honestly, it, that that's what sold me on Barbarians, uh, was playing him. He's a fun character. He's he's fun. He's a little bit, he's a bit of a himbo. Um, Everybody loves like playing really, a himbo. He's, he's really fun. And I, uh, he's just, I had this sort of great moment where, like, he does not have great, like, high charisma. But I just I was talking to this other character because we were meant to be there to rob something from the ship. We were hired to steal something from the cap captain's quarters on the top of the ship. So it was a constant like we'll move up to this level. Oh, we don't have clearance for that level. Okay, we'll get clearance by doing this other thing. Then we move up to that level. Now we can scope out this level and find out how to get to the next level. And it was a whole that was a whole campaign, and it was really really good. But there was a point where I was talking to one of the like lieutenants, one of like the the three or four people that were directly below the captain. And I was talking to him for ages and ages and I was kind of dancing around the point and I was doing all this and he was kind of dissatisfied with working here and he didn't really feel like it was worthwhile and he's treated kind of poorly and in the end I was like ah oh, you want to get in on a heist after <laughs> <laughs> uh, dancing around there for like I don't know 15-20 minutes uh, and then I managed to convince him despite having relatively low charisma uh, that yes he should totally get in on a heist uh, and he kind of became our, our ally and stuff then. It was really, really good. It was really, really fun. Sorry, I kind of rambled a little bit. Oh, no, you're uh, right. was just an exceptionally fun <laughs> character to play. And it, it's what made me love Barbarians. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's just, just, it's just so fun to just be the wall. Like, yeah, you, oh, man. It's... You do not pass. No, it's, it's honestly, 
that I think that's where it is. I mean, like I, I, again, like they don't get many skills and stuff like that. And outside of like, there's parts outside of combat you'll shine in, but when you're in combat and every single time the DM goes ten points of damage and you go five, and he goes eight, and you go four, and he goes two, and you go one, like it just to be able to go like, yep, yeah, I'm I'm knocking half of this off every single time. Um, yeah, and again, the fact that he was in a nautical campaign as well. Yeah. And I got to use my actual swimming abilities. It was just brilliant. Oh, sorry. Jesus, sorry. Uh, am over. I boring you, Martin? Uh, no, not at all. It's, I definitely don't <laughs> sleep enough. <laughs> uh, Martin, would you hit me one of your uh, character concepts there? I, I've... Right, I've... There's two I'm kind of... There's two I'm kind of torn between that I want to have a chat about. Um, so there's... Oh. Okay. Uh, I'll give you a choice. So there's one that has a name and one that doesn't have a name. Which which one would you like to chat about? Let's go with the one that doesn't have a name. Okay, so that one I haven't named yet, but because uh, this this is just quick ones I I but I thought a really cool combo could be a a shadow monk fighter combo, uh, dex based dex best fighter of course, um uh, but you specialize in the use of uh, so where's your, yeah the use of needles and poison daggers. Ooh okay yeah. Like, cause there, there's always that one archetype character in like comic books or an, or anime and manga where it's like they're the Dexy character that uses like needles and thread to attack, and like oh, like like, like where um in Naruto and stuff yeah, like, like that where like, they, they set up all Hockey. the wire traps, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like or there's like a spider demon or something that uses the fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. just something like that, and like I think a shadow monk fighter could be such a cool way to do that, where like you literally just like step out of a shadow flick a poison needle into the back of someone's neck step back into the shadow you're outside they, they're found dead in their room the next morning and no one knows how it happened yeah I like that they, definitely a lot of you I, I think uh, potentially I'm thinking drow just because I'm, like, I'm thinking poiter, poison spider kind of using like I went straight for tiefling <laughs> oh, tiefling works too yeah tiefling like, works to well, do the, yeah. the like shadow demon kind of thing so, like, I, I, in, yeah. my, in my head it's like hoods the horns curl out from under and all you see are like glowing red eyes and then like like as, and then, like with the fighter you could do a thing where like I just in my head it's like the, the one I thought about the concept the, the, the scene that played out in my head was there's like a knot of soldiers all back to back um, and then like you come out from the combined six six shadows up in the middle action yeah, surge yeah. action surge needles between each finger just back down into the shadow they all drop dead I love it, love it. Yeah, it's um. You, you were, you put you mentioned something on Twitter actually the other day about monks and about how there's yes. no like brawler grappler style monk. Specifically, you know? uh, specifically, like I, I think it's a mad. I think it's mad that in all the fighting styles we have for both between both fighters and monks, that we don't have someone who's who specializes in like submission grappling, like holds yeah. and like choking people out, like breaking bones and stuff like that. Obviously, you would need to include. You would need to bring in some new mechanics in terms of like um like choking someone out because yeah as r rules as raw i believe it's one minute plus uh, it's one it's your con modifier times is your con modifier minutes is how long you can hold your breath for it it's one uh yeah it's it's con modifier time uh equal to minutes minimum yeah. of one minute i believe but the problem with that is uh when you ch like for example in brazilian jiu-jitsu if you choke if you choke someone out in brazilian jiu-jitsu it's not it's uh 
a, a guillotine choke one most people would be familiar with where you catch someone's head in under here between the your bicep the, sorry no that's stupid uh, a rear neck choke where you get behind someone you loop this arm around their neck here you put your head your hand in their back there and you're basically yeah. what that isn't an air choke that's what's called a blood choke because it cuts off the blood flow of the two carotid arteries here and the yeah. reason you pass out isn't because you from lack of air it's because there's no blood getting to your brain um yeah and like to implement because like that's what you think of when you think of like a submission grappler either that or like breaking someone's fucking knees and elbows um but like to do that in D, &D you would need to you would need to have a whole new system for like submitting someone for like like cutting off blood circulation like like incapacitation mm. via blood circulation would have to be a whole or like like of uh, submission maneuvers would have to be like a whole new thing um and i just think i i just think it's a bit of a, a glaring exception because like monk is basically like like you know like if you look at the monk styles you got like you kind of all your different styles of martial arts and you've got like you've got your weapon specialist you've got your like hand-to-hand -hand brawlers you've got your like yeah. you've got your the, ninja yeah the ninja yeah the ninja all that but you don't have the like you don't have the crazy guy who like just takes you down on the ground and like ties you in knots and you can't get out and that's yeah like a, uh a like kickboxing style um kickboxing's very uh, I, I would say that's kind of thing as well isn't it no really not like 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 no not really like, kickboxing is normally just like punch and kick um like as in like as like pure it's kind like, of in the name i guess i should have known that yeah, yeah like 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 pure like kickboxing is sorry as opposed to that i put it really badly kickboxing is focused almost solely on striking um whereas this okay. where like what i'm on about is like a, a martial arts style that basically only focuses on grappling and groundwork like brazilian jiu-jitsu or japanese yeah, okay. jiu-jitsu where like everything you learn is like locks and joint breaks and holes and choking people and yeah, learning yeah. To, and throw oh, like how is there not like a, a judo monk where you just throw people i would absolutely love to play a monk that just like flips people like goddamn pancakes like yeah i think i think maybe why can't i, I, I choke out a dragon connor why can't <laughs> i choke out a dragon uh, i i do I, I see where you're coming from and i think i think the open palm has been kind of just defaulted to be mm. all semi-mundane fighting styles in terms of like you know whether yeah. in, in terms of all -magical, real world martial like, arts yeah. yeah 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 so that's what i mean by mundane like in, in terms of non-magical um and then they're kind of they tend to go for like okay barring the kensai maybe they tend to go for like supernatural yeah fighting styles and stuff after that which i i get i mean it's D, &D. We, we want to uh and maybe it's just i can understand why they're not just going for another semi um like a, another semi non-magical um class again when you already have that there um you you mentioned this on on twitter though and it got me thinking about like building uh how would you build just a really really good brawler fighter you know Ooh. someone who can just uh who who is less of the magic side and more of just uh because again the thing about playing monk is right if you want to play like a just the best hand-to-hand -hand fighter monk really is the best way to go but monk doesn't always account for like what if you want to play strength when well, you can mm. play a strength monk but you're kind of at an inherent disadvantage yeah. uh armor class wise um and then you can also play uh, and then like fighters get more hits than monks yeah uh without overall like in, in 20 levels without yeah. um <laughs> level 20 without, fighters what, jesus yeah uh, and i was thinking uh, like a really really good combo would be open palm monk Mm. so we're, we're sticking with and i say this specifically because the open palm gets like the uh the push pull not prone thing yeah. um so they they have already have some inherent moves they can do there um 
you also get like uh, taking dodge as a, as a bonus action and stuff like that. I think they are, they they all kind of come into like the moves you can do as a fighting person. You can heal um, yourself as an action by like ten he, times your monk level, I believe. Exactly, yeah, which which I mean almost almost lines up with like a fighter's second wind to me. It, it doesn't have to be that your your wounds are magically sealing up. That could just be you taking a second, catching your breath, centering yourself, and going back in again. You know, it doesn't have to be representative of magical wounds stitching themselves closed. Um, so I thought a good build for this, over 20 levels. 11 levels of the fighter. Okay. All right, so you get ex extra attack two. So three attacks on an action. Bonus action, one extra attack. Key point, five attacks on a round. <laughs> uh, uh, also, pick your fighting style as uh, unarmed, right? Okay. Simply because... The other six levels, or sorry, nine levels that you would then take into Monk on top of that would be, uh, they, they don't get you up to D8 in terms of your punching. Right. But you can take this fighting style. And the thing is, no other fighting styles really benefit you. You're not wearing armor. You're not using a shield. Um, you're not dual wielding weapons. You're not using archery stuff. It makes sense. The only one maybe would be like blind sense, potentially. Grappler is a feat, uh, not a fighting style, isn't it? It is a feat, yes. Yeah, yeah. And also, Grappler's Defeat is absolutely a thing I would I would have suggested. So. Grappler and um, Tavern Brawler. Uh, and probably Tavern Brawler, yeah. Um, so, take take those. Take 11 levels Fighter, five, or 9 levels into Monk. Uh, take that Fighting Style to get yourself some D8s on, your, on all your attacks. So again, that's like, that's all D8s the whole way through. So when you're 20th level, you're making 4 attacks minimum, 5 if you really want around. Uh, you, you only you don't have you only have nine key points, which isn't a lot. But you can take Battle Master, right? Mm. And if you're taking Battle Master, you get those additional D8 uh, superiority die. They scale and as, as well. They're not just D8. They <laughs> yeah, they they scale up. And the thing is, as well, when you play a Battle Master, the way the wording is, right? And I had to check some of Jeremy Crawford's tweets to verify this. But <laughs> not, not the rules. Jeremy Crawford's tweets. Jeremy Crawford is, is his word is law. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, to be fair. But the way that it's written and the way it's explained by Crawford is that unarmed strikes by a monk are weapon attacks. Then it hands out weapons. So if ever you have a spell that's like touch a non-magical weapon and make it have this effect, that doesn't work. But you, your hands do count. When you make an unarmed melee attack against someone, that's the same as making an unarmed melee, or a, a melee weapon attack. Okay. So, as per the rules, you can use all the Battlemaster stuff to that that you would normally use with weapons on that. That gives you a bunch of other things you get. And the thing is, right, and it's beautiful because on a short rest, you get your superiority dice back and you get your key points back. So you can go hell for leather yeah. fight all your superiority, all your key points, dodge action people surge. as a bonus action, action surge. You'll get one action surge, which is going to be at 20th level, it's going to be six attacks on your action. Uh, in a round plus seven if you do your bonus action one or you could even just spend a single key point and then dodge after that so you could go six hits all doing d8 some of them potentially doing an additional damage die because you may have decided you're using a battle master maneuver on them and then and then also your speed would be crazy taking things like uh grappler mm -hmm. there are some i'd have to double check now there's something taking the grappler one lets you i believe it's, it's uh, i think what grappler is when you grapple a creature you can restrain them as a bonus action on Yes, but there's there's one. Yeah, I think you can restrain it. There's something about though. I, I can't remember which one it is. There's something like you do extra damage 
when you're oh and while and while they're restrained they take a little bit of damage i think or i i, I might be thinking of a different creatures I, I was or... i was looking up during the week one sec now yeah. uh, uh you have advantage on a, oh you have advantage on attack rolls against a grapple creature so again use one of your three attacks <laughs> to grapple someone and then your follow-up attacks or including your bonus action offhand are all with advantage and uh and then you can use an action to try and pin that's not it what is it i think i want to say it's maybe a battle master thing um but you do like some additional damage or something like that just from having grappled the creature at the start of your turn where did i read this i'm I, gonna go mad thinking I, I think it might be from a recent ua because i have the same thing it's like you grapple this creature and while they're grappled they take x it's, it's something like something that burns their body or something it might be a battle master thing I, I want to say it's maybe a. Uh, oh no, it wouldn't be because that, that wouldn't make sense. You know the way you um, said. Um, you said according to uh, Jeremy Crawford, praise, uh, praise his name. Uh, that not uh, rain. Monks, unarmed attacks count as a melee weapon attack. Yes, this is why you can monk uh, go monk paladin and smite with your. <laughs> yeah, I was literally as soon as you said that I was like five d eight radiant damage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I honestly, it, it'll be a set. Like honestly. You get so many moves, right? So you, mm. you get your base things from just being um, a, a monk uh, open palm, right? You get to heal a little bit. Nine levels will not get you the... The, the sanctuary the spell. Uh, oh, the, the, yeah, yeah. The, um, it's called uh, quivering palm. Quivering palm. It will not get you quivering palm, but you will have nine key points that you can spend on additional and nine additional attacks, or you can also choose like uh, the additional hits. What dex okay, so dex save or be knocked prone strength save or be pushed 15 feet away which means punching people off a cliff <laughs> yeah um, uh, and uh or can't take reactions until the end of your next turn those are all great you have stunning strike yeah which is you so have, strong at at 11th level you'd have a ton of uh i think you like holus you have the healers of thing uh with with the monk i think you get the um don't you get the are do you, are you taking enough monk levels there to get the thing where you can just as an action end the end and I believe so. One second now. So ninth level, uh, stillness of mind. Yeah, so that's a seventh level ability. That's what it. It's stillness of mind and wholeness of body. Wholeness of you body also, is the healing thing. Uh, yes, and you also get evasion at seventh level yes, as a monk as which well. Which is one of the most broken abilities in the game. You'd ha it is. Uh, you you'd have a uh, a what's it? You have nine key points. You have a plus fifteen on your on your speed. Uh, so even at your at least forty five speed, yeah, if you don't decide to take something like mobile or something like that, just to make yourself even faster. Uh, you're so you're insanely fast. Ton of moves, ton of battle master uh, superiority dice and, and maneuvers to do. Key points to spend on extra attacks or to stun someone or to knock them prone or to push them back. You have a an absolute ton of stuff to do, and I think it'd be an amazing combination yeah. of all that kind of stuff. No, that's that's awesome. Like I love characters that have lots of options. Because I think, like, yeah, it's 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 inherently powerful just to have lots of ways to respond, but like, all the ways you have to respond are not going to be inherently going to be equally as powerful as each other. So I think it's a re it, it it basically just I think like if everyone has lots of options, it allows for lots of interplay between everyone's abilities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the more the more uh, the more options everyone has, the more options you have for crossover between those different moves and stuff. Like that. It's one thing that I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think fourth edition had things like that where people could pick moves. That they're uh, and like I think like for example like a barbarian or someone could pick cleave or a fighter could pick cleave as a thing and it's set, it's like a battle master they've kind of I don't want to say dumbed it down but they've kind of uh, reduced it down to just a battle master having these special moves that they can do which makes sense but uh, I, also it was more 
imagine every subclass, uh, particularly of fighters, having different moves that they can do and specialize well, in different ways. You can do that now if you take martial initiative. Uh, don't even start me a martial uh, <laughs> martial initiative. Just I want I, I it's a great one and I, I want I just want it to be better than it is. Um, oh wait, oh wait, here we go. No, never mind. I'm just looking, you know, I'm just looking at some of the moves here for Battlemaster. Like grappling strike is one you could do. So yeah. you spend a superior dice and grapple attack as a bonus action, and then you just continue hitting them with your advantage because you took the the grappler feet. The way I view that is like carry you would be someone really in a headlock and you're just going bang, bang, bang. Basically, like yeah, sweeping <laughs> uh, attack, repulsed. Uh, I just picture uh, par parry. I just picture like just doing like a rotary, just like that. Someone goes to lunge at you with a sword, and you're just like that and parry it off. Yeah. Um, great. I just think it'd be amazing. I don't. I don't. I don't think you'd not have fun with this. You're fast. You've got a good amount of health because you're doing d10s and d8s. You probably have. A d I would probably make a strength build for this personally, but that's just me. Um, and I would then I would just offset wisdom and dex to be kind of on par, mm -hmm. so that I get a little bit of both. Uh, and then they should add up to a, a moderately decent armor class. Um, and then I would immediately, as soon as I have gold in the campaign, start crafting a, a cloak of protection or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, that that's probably wise. Uh, that's why I picked the the extra wisdom. Uh, that was can I say that was a bit of a tangent. Um, <laughs> but that was that was a character concept, but just based on what you were saying about about there being this kind of hole in in that. Yeah. Uh, I I just feel like. If to make a semi mundane fighter with just a ton of moves would be like just a huge catalog of stuff, and they all come back on a short rest, would be amazing. Yeah, it's like time. Okay, I've all my abilities now. Let's go again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I just punched that dragon eighty-seven times, but if you give me an hour, I can punch him eighty-seven times again. <laughs> yeah, I missed a few of those. We can round that to ninety. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, any um, other any other character uh, prompts you have? Uh, what, was the, what was the named one? See, that was the uh, named one you had. Uh, Stephen the Bush Druid. Oh, oh I know, <laughs> I, you've told me this one before. Go on. I, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast as well before, so I'll be brief about it. But it's basically a, a Steve Irwin crocodile hunter druid, and his life's ambition is to uh, find the Tarrasque where it's sleeping and, and catalog it and learn everything he can about it so he can learn why it sleeps and why it needs to wake up so he can make sure that it stays asleep. Yeah, I I really love that. Um, and he would like he wouldn't be afraid of it either. He'd be like, "Oh, look at this beauty!" And it's like this yeah. nineteen foot tall, like hell. It's not his teeth. <laughs> if you look <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. If you look really closely here, you can see I'm breathing. I'm bleeding quite profusely from the bite mark. Yeah. <laughs> like you know that kind of thing. I think that would be a lot of fun to just do. Just like literally, not even be, not even try to be clever about it. Just full on. Yeah, I'm I'm Steve Irwin, but he's a druid. Because that feels I, like Steve Irwin brought the most Steve Irwin you could possibly do. Like, not only is he amazing at talking about and explaining why these animals should be protected and what they do and all that stuff, we can go, oh, yeah, and he doesn't need to like, go anywhere now. Now we can just go, do you want to see what a boa constrictor looks like? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, yeah, I, I, you, you've told me that before, and honestly, I think it's one of my favorite takes on druids because my... That's much my problem with druids. It, it's honestly, it, it stems from a lack of my own creativity on the class. I would struggle to come up with a decent, unique druid because I feel like it's hard not to be 
the living in the forest hippie who loves animals and it yeah. doesn't eat meat and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, there's, there's more, it's got to be more to the class. And I seen some orig- I honestly think like there's there's some pretty original takes out there on druids, but uh, I just I'd love to yeah do, I think um, that take that's one of the best takes I've seen. Like I'd love to do a green knight as well. Um, I do like a druid fighter multi-class or like a uh, probably fighter because then you'll need to have strength rather than like say like warlock or anything like that where uh, if you go into yeah. explorer you might need other things but like like fighter druid and just be like yeah i'm i'm a i'm i'm a warrior i but i'm not like I, i'm a martially trained warrior i live in this forest i don't have weapons but if you come near me i'm going to summon a flame sword and ruin your day i i really want um i really want that like, like a, a green knight as a as a subclass uh, for a druid, in the same way that like blade singer or is a um is one yeah. for wizard. You'd almost be um, like um the elves in Lothlorien that uh stop mm. the fellowship. Like you know you like a protector of the forest realms, but not in like the druidic way. You're like wander through, make sure everything's in harmony. Is like oh if something isn't in harmony, right? I'm going to murder the crap out of whatever is causing disharmony and restore the balance. Yeah, yeah. I I just think it'd be really cool, uh, particularly because like druids have that restriction with when it comes to like armor and stuff like that. Yeah, they yeah. can't wear metal. And I'm like, I'm like, that's an interesting, because so- sometimes restrictions can be really good things for characters. Like, how would I work around that, or how would I make this a viable character despite these flaws? You know, you, you and, and be, I think trying to, and you would be a knight, you would be a soldier that changes their armor regularly over the campaign, because uh, as soon as you kill anything with a higher AC than what you already have, you'd be like, skinning it, skinning it now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, I often, I, I had, I had this idea. Uh, and it's a magic item I, I have kind of in, in my current world where it's called, I'm, I'm working off a different name based on like the Creature Codex books and stuff like that, but it's called Cold Iron Armor. Ooh. And it's basically, it's like a half plate that druids can wear because even though it's made of iron, um, it's never been in a forge. It's not at all manufactured. It is raw iron. It's been purified by like, like imagine using like a, a shape stone or whatever or mold, or, or, or mold earth and you're pulling all the imperfections out of the iron rather than than melting it down and stuff so it's never been in a forge it's not manufactured it is in its natural raw state and that's kind of the the loophole Ooh. that lets druids wear it you could have it be a thing where it's like it's like a specific like sect of druid smiths that use that have uh, refined mold earth down to the point where they have created a new spell called mold metal and they're able yeah. to draw the iron out of the earth itself pure and literally like a metal bender an avatar and they can just like yeah. shape it to make plates and stuff so yeah it's never and been I, forged and it's still in its natural state yeah i i because i just like the idea of being able to be um like you said like so, someone who wanders the woods who is a full clad metal knight but they wander the woods and they just live out here with the animals and they're, they're at peace and they love the forest and it's their job to guard it. And I, I'd definitely yeah. be a fur for that. They love so the forest. They really love the forest and you better fucking love the forest too. <laughs> <laughs> just a big, like, like, like the Leviathan axe, just a huge yeah. bearded axe. Like, oh, oh so good. Um, I got one here that I played for a one shot you did, actually. Um, Both the glory? Uh, no, sorry. Well, actually, that, that's a different one. Oh, um, heroism now, actually, no. Uh, it is heroism now, yeah. Uh, I should only notice that we were starting the podcast. That character shows up as archives. And oh, I was like, yeah. oh, I, th- I thought I made it after they already released it. But okay, fair enough. Um, this is a character who I was going off of the name Isara. So Y-S-S-A-R-A. Um, she is an Erganasi barbarian, path of the totem warrior. This one was and... very cool. I remember it from the one shot. I, I just like I like the concept of her. So basically, she's big. She's a really tall, 
muscular um, <laughs> Lady uh, D. barbarian. Uh, <laughs> not quite. Um, <laughs> but she's got she's got her her kind of um, sky blue um, uh, air glassy skin, uh, her her white hair, um, and then uh, she wears kind of like what you like all of her clothes are kind of like partial animal hides um, and stuff like that. She's she's a hunter. Like her her main thing is she's a hunter, but unlike i think a lot of people i wouldn't pick any of the i only pick the um the eagle things because her because being an air ganassi the sky is her mm-hmm. whole you know her domain and stuff she is uh really really fast from being a barb anyway i think i picked mobile for her as well she's 50 feet of movement yeah. um and she dual wields short swords but they're basically like imagine like i when i when i picture her move she moves like a saber-toothed tiger like Although she is, she is obviously like I said, eagle. She has like an eagle helm and stuff like that, with feathers coming off it and things like that. But her, she is so fast that she doesn't use a bow when hunting, uh, like deer and stuff. She'll be creeping through the forest. I've also made her really dexy as well, and she wears no armor, so she's really quiet, moving through the forest. And then as soon as she gets close enough to the deer, or if the deer hears her prematurely, the deer will bolt. And then she doesn't try to quickly fire a bow. She bolts after it, and she's just as fa- as fast as the deer. Yeah. She's moving on this thing, and then she'll leap with both swords up and come down like a saber-toothed tiger's fangs and just into the animal. And she like I, I just picture them, two swords sink in. She grapples it, and the two of them come into like a roll until they stop. Um, if you've ever seen that cheetah take down an antelope, that's a, basically that's yeah, a yeah. Where well, a cheetah latches on, and the two of them go into a roll together, and the cheetah just holds onto it until it stops moving. And she basically behaves like that when she hunts. Um, she's fast. She's strong. She's really dexy. And again, I just like I, I also like at high levels I can because I made her an air ganassi. I kind of made her an air ganassi because at high levels one of the the eagle thing you get at fourteen, I believe, lets you basically fly until the end of your turn, like your full movement on that turn. So you as like you will fall at the end of your turn, but you essentially have like like forty foot leaps, <laughs> essentially, yeah. and can like run up walls. And You've hulk jumps because sorry. You've hulk jumps. You basically have Hulk jumps, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that would, like, I just imagine that her air ganassi heritage and her affinity with air is what lets her do that. Yeah, no, that that, that was an awesome character, I remember. Like, out of all the characters in that one, that's the one that stood out to me in particular. I think it is because I did a thing with that where I kind of did a scene with each of you as you opened while you are being collected, and yours was that scene where you were hunting a deer and did it like that. Yeah. It came down from a mountaintop kind of thing. And that was super awesome and super memorable. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like the idea that like a, like a dex barbarian is a fun play against type because you do lose the whole um the you you lose your rec- uh, your your reckless attack and you lose your advantage. Yeah, you still have the advantage on the strengths. Um, say. Well, I, I I think I still I still had her be strength being her primary stat. Oh. Okay. But rather than being like strength con, I made her very dexy as well because I want her to be a stealthy hunter as well. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, it's been a while since we played that one chat, so I can't yeah, exactly. Been, yeah. I, I remember that particular scene because it's almost exactly as Connor described it to you guys there is what happened. But yeah, she was a really fun one. Um yeah, I think I don't I don't know if I've that many new um new um if you have one we can we can do we can squeeze one more in quickly if you have one. Uh, yeah, I won't go into super detail, but I think it would be cool to do an undead warlock based off of Faust, the guy who made a deal with the devil to for uh, to say he sold his soul to the devil for him, immortality. I think no alchemy. He was an alchemist who sold his soul to the devil to try and um, overcome death, and I think that would be a really cool place to uh, start with from in uh, an undead warlock, the new one. The new one in Tasha's, isn't it? Yeah, uh, no. Van oh no, Richtens. sorry, it's, it's Van Richten's. Van yeah. Richten's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Van Richten's 
we got we've got some great stuff in Van Richten's yeah lots and of honestly, great stuff a lot of what I I think pretty much all yeah pretty much all of what I've talked about today has been either Xanathar's or the base book um whereas I, I the PHP like but I think um I do have one here that's a, a Dampier character Ooh. um Nice. But that that's that's about it. I haven't really delved into Tasha's deep enough, and I think honestly, if I did, if I gave it a proper read through again, I, uh, and Van Richten's, I think I'd come up with some really really yeah. great character concepts there. Yeah, same. I think like most of the most of the stuff I stuck to like were, would be the core races from the the more the uh, I mean, there's more experience, but the the books that have been out longer. Um, yeah, I mean we know them better, yeah. right? Yeah, we know them better as opposed to like Van Richten's and Tasha's, which both feel like they came out like last month, but in reality it's been like six months and like a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but Martin, that is all the time we have for today. <laughs> man, that was that was a lot of fun, man. And like as usual, absolutely flies by. But like that one in particular, just I love just talking about my characters because there's so many cool things you can draw on and so many ideas, and it's it very much. It's like the same spirit as when like you're a kid and you're talking to your friends and you're like, who'd win the fight, Superman or the Hulk? Yeah, and yeah. So it's <laughs> it's so it's that same kind of like, huh? Like just like powerful nerd energy and like who? Yeah. What 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 happened? Is that that that? So like yeah, make characters is just a blast. Absolutely, yeah. No, I think and honestly, I love bouncing ideas off you because I feel like it's uh it's kind of like an echo chamber in a good way because I'll give you an idea and then you'll go, oh, that gives me an idea for this and you give me Positive feedback loop. Me. Positive feedback it's... loop. We're not an echo chamber. Positive... <laughs> Thank you very much. Positive feedback loop is what I meant to say, not echo chamber. Um, <laughs> and on that dumb note, if you have any questions you'd like to ask stories you'd like us uh, like to share or topics you would like us to cover, uh, you can tweet us at Mike Flair's pod on mm-hmm. Twitter. Uh, you can find our podcast on YouTube and Spotify. And now on google podcasts anchor breaker and radio republic as well thank yeah. you very much for that martin not a bother martin where can people find you on the internet uh mostly you can find me right here on the mike flares podcast every friday at 6 p.m irish time uh other than that uh mostly exist on twitter um one at, at so sorry it's over which is in the bottom right hand corner of my screen here and also on the mike flares podcast which is at mike flares pod which you'll also see on your screen um, other than that, yeah, no, not no. Those are those are the main places of the internet that I kind of hang around the wretched sky of wretched sky, wretched hive of scum and villainy. Nice, nice. It would have um, been nice if I didn't say sky. <laughs> um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at zero point Connor Z E R O P O I N T C O N O R one N. Very important. And uh, or in time. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> there's a delay so it's hard sometimes um, uh, but also you can find me here on the Mike Flares podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts Anchor, Breaker and Radio Republic every Friday at 6pm Irish time so guys thank you so much for watching, hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you all again next time bye bye